Going in front of a live audience for the first time since the pandemic, it was just really extraordinary because it made me appreciate and not take for granted something that I think we all had come a bit to take for granted. And it made me realize that this is precious and very powerful. Multi-Grammy award-winning guitarist Sharon Isbin is our guest on Heart of the Arts today. Like most artists after a couple years of the pandemic, she was really eager to get back to performing live. She recently played a sold-out show at Wolf Trap, but actually started performing live again back in April of 2021. So how was that getting back out on the road? So it was after the moment I was able to be fully vaccinated. I felt that was really important in order to take public transportation. For a year and a half, I hadn't even taken so much as a taxi. Anywhere I went, I went by foot. And I'm, I'm a big jogger, so for me, it was okay. I, I found a way to make it into a great mode of exercise. But starting in April 2021, um, my first performance with, was with the Maryland Symphony Orchestra. And, and they're actually the orchestra that premiered the Chris Brubeck concerto that is on the, the new Affinity album of world premieres. And then uh, I performed at the Aspen Music Festival, Caramore, with my group from India, Strings for Peace, which is the same as the, the title of the, that album. And then solo recitals and more co- combinations with Jessica Rivera, the soprano with whom uh, I've, I've been playing since this fall and am doing a tour in the coming days. So it's been a lot of different programs at once and different kinds of audiences. Wolf Trap was a solo recital. And uh, I really am thrilled to be able to return to the Musical Instrument Museum in Phoenix to have a chance to play for everybody there again. Isbin dropped two albums in 2020, one being Strings for Peace, an album that had been almost 10 years in the making, full of mystical original music from India. So when was the idea for this album born? Well, about 10 years ago, I received an email from India's foremost sarod player, Amjad Ali Khan. The sarod is a plucked instrument that has metal strings, no frets. They use the plectrum to, to strike the strings. And it goes back hundreds of years. And actually, Amjad Ali Khan's family was really instrumental in the entire development of the sarod. So he has trained his two brilliant sons, uh, Aman and Ayan, to join him in performances. So Amjad wrote me 10 years ago that he'd like to meet and explore the idea of a collaboration between guitar and sarod. So of course I had to figure out what sarod was. And (laughs) uh, we, we ended up meeting. I heard him and his sons in concert, was really bowled over by the wonderful music making that they did. But the the little obstacle was that uh, I don't improvise in the way they do, uh, and they don't read music or write music. So in the end, he had to find a collaborator who could notate the scores that he had in his mind, who had a background in jazz, improvisation, in North Indian classical music, classical guitar, and that's really kind of a heady combination. So it wasn't really until... 2018, that was almost eight years later, that he found such a person who was studying with him in a workshop he was giving. It's amazing that you kept in touch that long. This must have been a really anticipated album for you to put out. 
every year I'd, I'd get a message saying, we're working on it, we're working on it. I, honestly, I thought this was never going to happen, but it was fine. I relished and cherished our friendship that had developed over the years, and that was that was great. So then suddenly one day in November of 2018, all of these ragas appeared in my inbox, and I started to listen, I, and I wrote back to Ayana. I said, this is absolutely gorgeous music. And what it was was a demo tape of what they had had this marvelous fellow, um, Kyle Paul, set to notation. So he and Ayan created a track for me to hear of each of the pieces so I could get an idea of what it might sound like in kind of a rough form. And I said, this is just gorgeous. And he said, good, because we've already booked a tour to do with you in India with us in two months. I said, <laughs> I said what? Can't, we, can't you give me a little more time? And he said, well, no, the halls were available, Mumbai, Calcutta, and Delhi, and we just grabbed them. So I had to really move mountains and actually cancel a couple of things and and change my life in order to make this possible. I want to hear more about some of the pieces and how they got their titles on this album, Strings for Peace. Some of them relate to the evening or to the morning or to the sunrise. Uh, The one that uh, I was particularly intrigued by was called Love Avalanche. How can you resist a title like that? And that's the shortest one, and it's the one that's very different from the others. And it is a, in a, a lyrical song style, uh, really very special and magical. And, and I love that it, we could include it because it really is something in and of its own. All of these are works composed by Amjad Ali Khan. The other album Sharon Isbin released in 2020 is called Affinity, music she made with jazz artist Chris Brubeck, son of Dave Brubeck. So is this a combination of all the worldly styles that both of you are so fond of? Well, it does represent composers from three different continents. And what brings all of this together, even though there are different styles, is that all of these are works written for me and and world premieres. So you have everything as diverse from the Brubeck, which you mentioned, which pays tribute to his father, Dave Brubeck. Uh, There's even a slow section of the piece in which he has orchestrated a gorgeous ballad called Autumn. And you'll hear that. And for me, it, it forms the heart and soul of the work surrounded by all the fast virtuosic writing that has Middle Eastern and jazz elements to it. This is with the Maryland Symphony Orchestra, uh, conducted by their wonderful music director, Elizabeth Scholz, who had premiered a lot of Brubeck's music before. So she was really the ideal partner to create this uh, premiere recording. And there's music that I will play in uh, Phoenix, the Leo Brower El de Camaro Negro, which Brower wrote for me. And it's inspired by love stories collected in Africa by a German ethnologist and they describe a a warrior who is much beloved by his tribe until they discover that he loves to play the harp. So then he's banished and there you go. It's a metaphor for our time. Mm -hmm. 
That's amazing. You mentioned the entomologist from Africa, and I wanted to go off track a little bit and ask you about your interests in science before becoming a professional guitarist. Well, my, my passion in grade school was model rockets. Our family moved to Italy when I was nine, and by chance, when my brother uh, said he wanted guitar lessons and then learned it wasn't Elvis Presley, he said, classical, forget it, not for me. So I volunteered to take his place. I figured it would get me off the hook from having more piano lessons, and it did. And I was very fortunate to have a, a teacher who had studied with Segovia and was touring all over Italy, and it just felt like a very exotic kind of experience. But it was a hobby because then a year later when we returned to Minneapolis, I got very involved in model rockets, and I was going to be a rocket scientist. And I would be. my father used to say, you can't launch your rockets until you put in an hour on the guitar. So that's how they bribed me to to at least keep up the strings there. But eventually I won a competition when I was 14 and the award was to perform a soloist with the Minnesota Orchestra. So that was really eye-opening. And I decided this was so exciting playing for 10,000 people. This was even, even better than seeing my worms and grasshoppers launch up into space. I'm gonna become a guitarist. And pretty much that's how it happened. Can you tell our listeners about why you chose to put the Antonio Lara Waltz Natalia on this album? I have a fun experience of memory going back to a time I was in Caracas and playing, and all of a sudden I was playing this piece. I heard another guitar joining me and strumming in very folk style, typical of, of Venezuelan folk music. And it was really so exhilarating. And I learned who was that? It was Natalia herself, Laro's daughter. So I sort of kept in the back of my mind, someday I hope I'll find the right person who can make an arrangement of a second guitar part that would capture that experience and that folk essence of what really inspired Laro to write his waltzes. And one of my former students, uh, Colin Davin, who is very brilliant and had been doing duet performances with me, I discovered he was a wonderful arranger as well. So I put him to the task and he came up with this lovely, lovely arrangement. And I said, we've got to put this on the album. So that's how it ended up on Affinity. In addition to the Lara Waltz, can you give us a little teaser about what else we'll hear on this upcoming concert, February 8th? It's actually a variety. Um, there's there's also a Porro from Colombia by Gentil Montaña that was on an album called uh, Guitar Passions that had various guests, including uh, Steve Vai and Nancy Wilson from Heart and Romero Lubamba uh, from uh, Brazil. And I'll be ending with works by Agustin Barrios Mangore, who was considered the Paganini of the jungles of Paraguay. So you'll, you'll have a real diverse a South American bent as well as Spanish with music by Taraga and Albenis. As you've evolved as a musician and spent more time at home during the pandemic, do you find yourself playing more, listening more, or doing anything differently as a result? Actually, I find myself jogging more. 
I, I logged in 125 miles in the month of December, uh, jogging and, and hiking along the Potomac because it was so great to get out of New York City for a bit and to just be in pure nature without so many people uh, trampling your space. And for me, the pandemic has been, an, an, a, you know, horrible as it is, an opportunity to just have a more peaceful life and to really relish time at home and to get into nature in a way that can involve everything from exploring the nooks and crannies of Central Park in the city to doing my own personal best when it comes to running. So I, I think that everybody's going to approach it their own way. But for me, it's been a calming experience. Sharon, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. We look forward to your live performance at the Musical Instrument Museum next week. Oh, thank you, Melissa, for for making the time. I I really, really appreciate it. Grammy Award-winning guitarist Sharon Isbin live in concert next Tuesday, February 8th at the Musical Instrument Museum here in Phoenix. Reserve your seat, find tickets and more at mim.org. The show begins at 7 p.m. From KBOX Heart of the Arts, I'm Melissa Green. 